Good morning. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock. Quick update. I know this is looking ahead several days, but on Thursday morning at uh, nine o'clock, the Supreme Court is going to hear the arguments on the insurrection clause and Donald Trump being on ballots. Our own Dave Rowland is going to be listening to those arguments and then he's going to come on the program and uh, tell us what he has seen. Uh, he's a, a brilliant constitutional uh, uh, attorney. He's an originalist. And he will uh, be on board to tell us what's going on there. So mark it on your calendar. It'll be the first, I imagine, uh, truly uh, full review of what they're up to. Uh, secondly, I'm going to I'm sending this message out to a guy named Steve. He sent me a message uh, over the weekend. And I just want to straighten this guy out. He said, I've been listening to you over the years, and you have been kind and supportive to homeschool families. February 9th and 10th, we're hosting the state basketball tournament in Columbia. 40 teams, 60 games, 388 players, eight varsity boys teams are the highlight. Five are ranked in the national top 20. It's free to the public. Four courts of games Nine to five, roughly, food trucks on site. Steve, you realize that by doing this, you're destroying the argument that homeschooled kids don't know how to socialize. Uh, you, you, you're ruining it for them. Well, not for the kids, but for the naysayers. But I wish you the best of luck. I hope lots of people show up to cheer the teams on. And I'm really excited that homeschoolers are getting that chance. What a terrific event. It is, uh, once again, February 9th and 10th. Uh, tons of teams and games and players. Eight varsity boys teams. Five ranked in the national top 20. Free to the public. Um, if uh, if you're uh, free to go, uh, this is going to be a, a terrific event. And now you probably want to know exactly where it's going to be. So I will tell you, uh, the Columbia Sports Fieldhouse, the Columbia Sports Fieldhouse, 4251 Phillips Farm Road. Imagine that, Brian. <laughs> Everybody knows these kids don't socialize because they're homeschooled. Yeah, that's true. Uh -huh. This guy comes in and wrecks the whole damn argument. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Plus, so he's trying to get a free advertisement through... The airwaves. Yeah, but I would never do. I no, wouldn't let that happen. Uh, no, no, thank absolutely. you for that. I appreciate yeah. it. I like a steel trap, pal. It doesn't get through. All right, let's talk about this deal on immigration. I'm going to tell you right now, it is a lousy deal. There is nothing about the deal that makes sense at all. Nothing, uh, and the implication is kind of silly. The border. Uh, the uh, part of this deal says uh, Homeland Security could close the border if Border Patrol encountered 4,000 or more migrants on average over seven days. DHS could close the border. Well, that's interesting. If DHS could close the border under those circumstances, wouldn't the implication be they could close the, the border now? No, we have to have a bill for it. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh-huh. I see. They could close the border. You mean you have the technology and the wherewithal to oh, close yeah. them? Yeah. 
huh, uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> um, geez. Can't make it uh, up. Yeah, it would also have to be shut down if the encounters reached a seven-day average of 5,000 or if they exceeded 8,500 in a single day. The border could be shut down under this authority for more than 270 days in the first year, and the bill would give the president the power to suspend the border closure on an emergency basis for up to 45 days. My understanding that is uh, there's a hurricane or some horrible event that happens. He could say, "Eh, let it go. Um, You know, some kind of an emergency. Oh, wait a minute, Brian, do we... Do we have a climate emergency right now? Yes. Uh huh. It's the end of the world as we know it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's then that's why that we're trying to force everybody into electric vehicles. That's even pretty though they much. can't afford them. That's but. pretty much the end of that clause, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we have a climate emergency. But we, we have a solution the... for that. Maybe we'll talk about it later today. Oh, the big, the giant umbrella. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what could I would wrong? call it a parasol. Oh God! This will work this time. Oh, Lord, these people are out of their minds. Uh, all right, so that's part of the deal. The other part of the deal that doesn't, uh, that doesn't work for me is that in exchange for this useless piece of legislation, the federal government then has the authority, the president and Congress have the authority to take your hard-earned tax dollars and send them to Ukraine and Israel. Now, I don't... I don't you know, I feel sorry for Israel. I think, while I, I think uh, if you go back to, uh, you know, when the cu- country was formed, I think it was done wrong. And the fact is it was done. It's been done and over with for decades. Uh, the Palestinians need to deal with it. That's That's been my uh, position all along. And they should do that by getting along with uh, Israel and working to compete to create better products, more products, uh, better prices, uh, export and compete. That's what they should be doing. That's how they should be fighting. And what will happen is they'll end up working together and, and the whole thing will disappear. But instead, uh, they're doing this give and take. Now, I don't know what side everybody falls on. I know there are a lot of people who feel badly about the Palestinians and what's going on in the Gaza Strip. And there are others who feel sorry for Israel and and what's happened to uh, Israel uh, over the course, especially of the last several months. But it doesn't matter. If you feel sorry for Israel, you send your money out of your pocket to Israel. If you don't feel sorry for Israel, you don't send the money. Under this bill, the government decides whether you feel sorry or not, and they decide to send your money. Same holds true with Ukraine. This is a lousy bill. Now, there are a lot of Republicans who are going to shoot it down, and they're going to say it's, it's not as good as Donald Trump would provide, and that's why it's no good. Uh, there are Democrats who are going to say you should shoot it down uh, because it's uh, too tough on immigrants. Uh, there are some people who actually think save the issue for Donald Trump and, and don't get on board with this. Because that's his, you know, his, his strongest suit is arguing immigration is out of control. The fact is, it's a lousy bill for none of those reasons. It's a lousy bill because it accomplishes little, if anything, will accomplish, uh, uh, you know, it's not going to stop people from coming across the border in other places. 
It isn't going to stop fentanyl from coming into the country. None of that is even possible. And if that's not enough, it is going to send your money to places you may not want it to go. So even if you're in favor of supporting Israel and Ukraine, you have to admit it's unfair that people who don't agree with you are compelled to be a part of it. I open the phone lines, 874-9390, the toll-free number, 800-529-5572. You can also go to GaryNolan.com, send a message. It will pop up right here in studio. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 19 minutes after 9 o'clock. I just told you what it is I don't like about this deal the Senate Republicans have come uh, uh, come to agree upon uh, with regard to uh, immigration. Uh, number one is that it doesn't really do anything, and number two is that it costs a lot of money to not do anything. It's it's just it's bad idea uh, for all those uh, reasons I listed earlier. But there's a, a there's another problem here, and I've pointed this out before. You can't keep seducing people to come here. At the same time, you're telling them don't come here. You can't say if you come here, we will put you up in a hotel. We'll feed you. We'll clothe you. We'll educate your kids. We'll we'll give you medical attention. We'll do all of that, but don't come here. It doesn't work. If you're living in some third world hell hole and you see that you know that opportunity, you're you're on your way. And if that's if it's not bad enough. New York City, this is this this should be a frost your buns day, because uh, this is going to frost your buns. New York City is going to use fifty three million dollars and hand out prepaid credit cards to migrant families. Now I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Aside from the fact that they have no right to spend your money or their, you know, the residents' money on on, uh, on this, you're thinking they're going to use that money, they're going to use those cards in ways that will just really make you even angrier. But uh, put your, I'll put your fears to rest. <laughs> Migrants must sign an affidavit swearing they will only spend the funds on food and baby supplies. <laughs> yeah, that ought to work. Oh, I swear I won't do it. That's all I'll use the money for. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, yeah. here you go, sir. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. You, um, you, you trust that, Brian? Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, we, we have a duty to take care of these folks. <laughs> it's in the Constitution, you know. The immediate response card initiative uh, appears akin to the state's food stamp program, dubbed SNAP, <laughs> which provides lower-income New Yorkers with credit card to cover the cost of meals and will provide funds based on the same scale. Now, apparently what's going on here, <laughs> this is beautiful. They're using taxpayer money to give these people that have come across the border food. And they're throwing the food out because it's not food they like. So, the response is, we'll give you a credit card and let you go buy whatever food you choose. A family of four could be provided $1,000 a month 
comes out to about $35 a day uh, for food. And the cards get refilled every 28 days. Hard-up residents of city housing were given the same type of cards last year to pay for holiday dinners. Just is, is, am I, am I wrong here? Or, or has the political left gone completely so lost far? their mind? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, c- completely off they the lost reservation. A long time ago. Oh, boy, what a great deal. I, I, I sincerely wish them the best of luck on what they think is going to be a, a solution to the migration uh, problem. You know, the folks in California are probably looking up there and go, Hey, why don't we do this? You think? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, maybe we've made a mistake <laughs> just talking about this. Uh, this will uh, provide families with the ability to purchase fresh food for their culturally relevant diets and the baby supplies of their choosing. Uh-huh. Yeah. As, how do they come to the conclusion that they have the right, that they even have the right to do that? <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, then there's a, uh, a piece uh, that is uh, it's in the Boston Herald, uh, and it's uh, written by Howie Carr. He's a, he's a radio talk show host. And in it, he starts talking about uh, hotels. He said that um, your local Days Inn or Motel 6 or Comfort Inn, not so long ago, they were moderately priced places for grandparents to stay in when they returned from junior's high school graduation. Uh, but that's all in the past now. Uh, everywhere, the motels are being turned over to the, uh, to the state and its NGO proxies. They're rebrandished, rebranded rather, if you will, into flop houses for the migrants who are now enjoying permanent all-expense-paid vacations uh, covered by the taxpayers. If you want to go to New York City and spend a couple of days there exploring the Big Apple, I suggest you develop an accent Slip into a crowd getting off a bus shipped up from Texas and see if you can get a free hotel stay and free food. Because if you go to, I'm telling you right now, I lived and worked in the state of New York. Uh, You go to New York City and expect to spend a few days there. It's not cheap. Nothing about it is cheap. The, The food's expensive. The hotel accommodations are expensive. This is a way for you to get in on the on the cheap. And and the city will and taxpayers will cover your costs. Just develop an accent. Uh it, and you don't have to you don't even have to dress like a pauper. I mean some of these people coming across the border are pretty nicely dressed. And so you don't have to embarrass yourself that way. Uh just get your free hotel room and you know Celebrate. You're on the way. Uh, what is this? Kathy says, Washington going to give $1,000 cash to illegals using federal tax money. No, no, Kathy, <laughs> using your money. Oh, Lord. I, uh, I, don't see how you, I don't see how you can 
possibly be saying on one hand, don't come into the country, all the while doing this. It's, it's just silly. And this bill is a lousy bill. Uh, it isn't going to do anything to stop people from coming across the border. Even if they shut down the, uh, the, the normal border entry, people are just going to keep streaming across in other places. And in fact, in, in increasing numbers, because they can't get through the main gate. And making it even more difficult, even more challenging for people who want to come here and work are all these other government regulations that we've put in place. Everything from minimum wage to uh, uh, income tax, social security tax, all of that crap that is extra constitutional makes it much harder for someone to come here and be productive. And right now, I would think everybody would want productivity to increase. I would think everybody would want more people coming into the country and working. The more people that work, you know, the, the better off we all are. Increases in productivity, lowering costs. And if you wanted to keep Social Security, wouldn't you want young people to get into this Ponzi scheme and rip them off? What a mess. What a horrible mess. All right, uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Nikki Haley is in the news. I don't know if you saw this or not, but she apparently got an email that was very complimentary. But there's something wrong with that email. We'll talk about that, but in the next segment of the program, the economy, you'll recall last week I said there's something about these job numbers that don't add up. I've been looking at these things for 20 years, and there's something really peculiar about this latest jobs report. And apparently, I'm not alone. Others have, uh, have uh, come to the same conclusion. I didn't have time to actually go through this uh, report in detail last Friday. But I've had a chance to look at it, and I've got some questions. And I... And I seriously wonder, because you know, remember when Donald Trump was in the White House, how everybody accused the White House of fudging the numbers from the BLS on employment numbers, arguing it couldn't be that good. There's, you know, influence from the MAGA Republicans. Nobody is suggesting that now, and yet the numbers are absolutely bizarre. Labor force participation rate, 62.5%. It was unchanged from December. H how's that? And the employment population ratio inches up from 60.1 to 60.2, showing little or no change. But we got this huge number of people that got jobs. Where the hell did that come from? Give you more details next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
All right, uh, welcome. It is 35 minutes after 9 o'clock. We're talking about the economy, the latest jobs report, and how the administration is taking a bow over that. But I'm going to just briefly, uh, I'm going to change directions because Brian and I, during the break, uh, I mentioned to Brian over the weekend, I think I did it on the gun show, I even talked about this. Might have been on Friday, too. I'm not sure. Um, We got, uh, we've had uh, Keurig coffee makers. When I'm not making the coffee in the press, if I'm in a hurry, I'd throw a pod in the Keurig and, and go to town. But those damn Keurig machines seem to fail on a regular basis. And we, you know, we descale them, we do everything we're supposed to. They just don't seem to last. So Gwen said, I've heard this Nespresso, that's N-E-S, Nespresso, uh, is, a, is a great machine. So we'll switch, we'll try it. I'm going to tell you right now. When your Keurig machine dies, go get that Nespresso machine. That is the most incredible cup of coffee uh, that I've ever seen come out of a coffee machine. I mean, it is really remarkable. Uh, it's it's they're different type of pods. Um, I'm just telling you, the coffee is all, so good; it's almost like dessert. I've got a I've got a ref- it, the, you know the good thing about not being at home is. Uh, it stops me from going back and making another cup. I got a, co- a coffee, a caffeine buzz yesterday that wouldn't quit. Uh, so just as an aside, it, it has nothing to do with politics, nothing to do with current events. I'm just telling you, when your Keurig dies, go get one of these Nespresso machines. It's like day and night. And I've gave, I got Brian, He's right now on his computer, he's got... Uh, pictures of this it's um, I, I'm telling you I just love this thing what we are we actually getting phone calls on the coffee machine yes we are well we got one uh, well let's go get Tony on because he's on the uh, Tony good morning I had to I'm sorry Gary you're probably gonna throw it in the trash can when you get home <laughs> look at who owns the company look at who their thing is and look at what they support George yeah. Clooney is their largest holder, and they support to the LGBTQ. They support all kinds of socialist causes. I'm sorry. Yeah, and Starbucks doesn't do coffee. that with their coffee. Come on, everybody. Everybody knows oh, Starbucks. They do. I just, just. Uh, I mean, these guys donate just about as much or more than Starbucks. Well, if I you want to, people want a good cup of coffee, but yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not switching. I like the. Co- I've never had coffee come out of a machine that tastes that good. I'm just telling you. Have a good day, Gary. All right, Tony. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Oh, I had a way to poop on my parade. <laughs> I'm, now, one question about the pods that you put in. They're not yeah. like the Keurig no. pods, right? No. And so you, you're kind of stuck buying their stuff. Well. Can you, can you find them readily at stores or? I we'd, We've got a ton of them. Gwen got a bunch of them. I don't know where she got them from, but she got a ton of them. And I, I guess you can buy them anywhere. I, I don't. I haven't gone shopping for them because, well, we have so many that uh, I haven't had to, to try and find them. So I don't know if you're going to find them at the local grocery store. I imagine you would. I imagine you would. Uh, it's just totally different. Uh, they, uh, in, in, in fact, <clears throat> when it's finished making the coffee, you don't have to take the pod out. You just leave it there, and the next time somebody opens it, it flips the pod into a little trash container, and you drop your pod in. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's great. 
just great. All right, I got off track. Uh, I'm sorry, because Brian and I were... Sorry about that. No, no, no. Uh, we were chatting about it during the break. Uh, and it's, uh, I'm telling you, look into it. You'll love the coffee. All right, uh, the uh, labor numbers. The administration comes out with these latest BLS numbers. And I actually think you should drop the L uh, and just say BS numbers. Um, the, because this this didn't make sense to me. I, I took a cursory glance at this last week uh, during the Friday show, and I thought this this is this, something's wrong here. Uh, but if you uh, if you take a deep dive on it, uh, most of the jobs were part time jobs. Many of the jobs were people who are already working full time, taking on a second job. Then uh, a closer look, and there's a piece on this over at MRC TV. Uh, the seasonally adjusted total non-farm employment level for March 2023 was revised down by 266,000. On a not seasonally adjusted basis, the total non-farm payroll, uh, non-farm employment level for March 2023 was revised downward by 187,000, uh, or minus uh, one-tenth of one percent. Not seasonally adjusted. Uh, the absolute average benchmark revision over the uh, past 10 years is 0.1%. So the over-the-year change in total non-farm employment for March 2023 was revised from plus 4,048,000 to plus 3,836,000. These numbers keep changing. When Trump was in the White House, the numbers were looking good. People on the left were saying, oh, he's, he's, he's fiddling with the numbers. I don't see the Democrats saying, oh, these numbers don't add up. The, uh, the, the Biden administration must be fiddling with the numbers. But somebody is. Uh, the the, uh, the 353,000 jobs added in January... And the unemployment rate held at 3.7 for the third straight month. People are baffled by this. The report, since job growth report was far higher than the 180,000 expected, they were also at a loss to explain why the numbers so greatly contradicted other key, much gloomier non-government reports. Job creation actually declined sharply, according to private payroll firm ADP. U.S. News uh, reported uh, on Wednesday the decline in jobs added by U.S. employers from revised 158,000 to December to a paltry 107,000 in January was far sharper than economists had predicted. How is it that the government is is off by this much? Because somebody is fiddling with the numbers. Oh, no. This is Bidenomics, Gary. Is this how it works from the this, bottom up? Yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I. You see, you think you're paying a lot of money at the grocery store, but you're not. No, no. No, it's, the prices are good. They are. They're fantastic. Wow. The silly me. I... I I thought they were really No, I mean so I went in the grocery store $70 one hand I could walk out with a bag of stuff. It was amazing. <laughs> I've never done that before. 
Put it in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, 874-9390. Toll free 800-529-5572. Uh, jobs report. It, it's clearly, clearly screwy. Uh, and, and part of uh, this inflation uh, thing, you know, the, they're saying the economy is taking off and it's really looking good. And, and I keep telling you, it's not. Part of what they're doing, and we've talked about this in the past, is shrinkflation. Uh, they're even, uh, even it's even affecting the airlines. Um, this is where you you buy a bag of M and M's for close to the same price you paid for them two years ago, except there's a half dozen fewer M and M's in it, uh, and that's what they do with a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of the food in the. Uh, in, in grocery stores and other goods that you buy. Wall Street Journal says, in case you missed the White House memo, the, the economy's fantastic. It's never been better. One explanation, uh, because inflation uh, is still here, uh, the uh, government measures of inflation don't reflect rising prices. Why? Because in many cases, you're just getting fewer of whatever it is in the package you're buying. And it makes it look like, oh, it's not as bad as we thought it was. But it is a problem. Airline fares. Here's an example that the Wall Street Journal says it's even affecting the airlines. Take airline fares, which the Labor Department Consumer Price Index shows fell by 9.4% in 2023, and it sounds nice, until you consider that the calculation heavily weighs the lowest available fare for a trip typically offered by budget airlines. But if you fly those budget airlines and you take advantage of those prices, you have to pay extra for everything that, that you get. Uh, you want to, you know, carry on luggage, you want to uh, store, you know, stow luggage, you get less leg room uh, charged for beverages and snacks. Budget airlines have been slashing their fares to attract more customers, uh, though uh, legacy carriers have also increasingly unbundled their prices to compete. That's why you'll have to pay an extra $50 if you don't want to be assigned uh, seat 32B and $30 more for carry-on. It's shrinkflation everywhere. The economy sucks. Uh, speaking of flying, Boeing is in trouble. I don't know if you caught this or not. We'll talk about it in just a minute on the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 9.51. I just got a, a thing on the uh, Nespresso coffee maker from Ralph. Not sure where that caller got his information, but Nespresso is a subsidiary of Nestle. Clooney did some commercials for them, but I don't think he owns Nestle. I still brew my coffee in a percolator. And buy cheap coffee, so I won't use them. But it's not because of anything political. I'm just cheap. <laughs> He's just cheap. Nothing wrong with that, Ralph. Uh, save all that money because the government wants the rest of it. And, <laughs> well, you know how tenacious they are about spending and taking your money. Boeing apparently is in trouble again, Brian. It seems that uh, their bunch of their jets... Uh, have holes that are drilled wrong. Oh, boy. They don't line up. 
Uh, Wall Street Journal says they're reworking 50 undelivered 737 MAX jets after suppliers' uh, employee recently found misdrilled holes on some fuselages. Um, Spirit Aero Systems has been at the center of quality issues affecting these uh, airplane, uh, 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 these aircraft for them. The issue could delay some deliveries in the near term that existing 737s uh, can, can keep flying. This is the only course of action given our commitment to deliver perfect airplanes every time. Wow. Well, when did they start doing that? Wonder, I wonder how this, uh, how, how this is affecting their, uh, their stocks. Oh, they're down. They're down. Um, you know, they, they've come up historically with some really terrific aircraft. It's just the last, what, four or five years that we've seen all these problems arise? I'd be a little leery about uh, flying some of the newer Boeing aircraft, especially after that big chunk fell out of the plane and it wasn't bolted in. It's like, what? You, 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 put, you put lug nuts on your tires, you give it more. <laughs> you, you make sure that they're tight. But on the aircraft, no, not so much. I don't know. I think they got a problem. All right, uh, the, uh, the stupidity of the uh, global warming people Apparently, progressives are upset about more than just your stove or your dishwasher or your ceiling fan or your air conditioning or your alarm clock. No, now there are tires that they want to regulate. Okay. Uh, the proposal would give the State Department of Commerce, give the, yeah, the uh, Department of Commerce authority to prevent the sale of replacement tires that the state says have too much rolling resistance, which decreases the fuel efficiency of the vehicles. Depending on the way the tire is made, um, some of them will have less friction on the road. Um, you know, I'm just on the surface. It sounds like they don't like truck tires. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but most trucks that I see on the road have got, you know, like knobby tires. Aggressive. Or, yeah. Yeah. No, they got to stop. <laughs> <sighs> they, they, um, Washington State isn't Arizona, and even Seattle progressives need their outbacks uh, to get safely uh, from the uh, Cascades. Uh, the deeper the tread, the stronger, the heavier the tire is. This means a car gets fewer miles per gallon, but it also means the drivers will have a better grip on the road. The bill would cover all replacement tires for cars and light trucks up to 10,000 pounds. So, so they're really uh, concerned Apparently, uh, about the mileage that some of these tires uh, get. But they don't seem too concerned about the wear and tear of those EV uh, 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 propelled vehicles. No, those, those are fine. But those tires wear out much quickly, much more quickly. They, yeah, they, but, you know, they're saving the planet with the battery power that they have. Yeah, but, but, but this, they, they, they'll burn through more tires. Yeah, it it's, doesn't matter. They're using a battery as opposed to fossil fuels. So none of the rest of the, uh, nothing counts at right. all? Right, yeah, if you're in a gas-powered vehicle. 
Uh, the bill says adopting the new standards could result, I love that, could result, won't necessarily, <laughs> but it could result in an approximate cumulative reduction of 600 million gallons of gasoline and uh, 1,500 gigawatt hours of electricity between 2026 and 2035. Assuming the drivers buy into the program and don't take a Sunday road trip to Idaho or Oregon to buy their tires from dealers beyond uh, Washington State's lines. This is from Washington State, by the way. They really are desperate. They, are, they must be so convinced that the world is coming to an end, that global warming is such a problem. You know, Brian, it makes me think that they would go to extremes. They would do something. No, they would they never might, do that. Well, they might. They might do something really well, like stupid. What? 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 Well, try and block the sun. Maybe, maybe they'll get so. Oh, stupid. they would never try to. I mean, how could you possibly block the sun? Well, you you put up some kind of uh, obstruction, like an umbrella or an umbrella, huh? Well, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and what? You laughing? Why? Why are you laughing? Oh, okay. no, no particular reason. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. It seems to me like the sort of thing that they might... Oh, wait a minute. Wait. Uh, oh, I see why you're chuckling. Mad scientists are plotting to block the sun with a giant umbrella the size of Argentina. <laughs> Reading the New York Times on Friday was like picking up one of those tabloids in the supermarket checkout line. You know, the ones with articles titled uh, entitled uh, Taylor and Travis... Canoodle in the Caribbean or how to lose 60 pounds while eating only cheesecake and ice cream? Well, along with that, scientists plan to launch a giant umbrella to blot out the sun. This was, after all, the New York Times. And there was an article all dressed up in gray lady language, but still just a tardy tabloid story. Could a giant parasol in outer space help solve the climate crisis? Weren't they floating, uh, uh, sending uh, solid matter up into the outer atmosphere to reflect sun? Like I think that uh, they had talked about that. Yes, like like tinsel or something. I uh, reflecting it back. Yes, yes. Uh, Kara Buckley is the author of the story, and uh, she's the uh, reporter on the climate team at the Times giant umbrella. What could possibly go wrong if they tinker with outer space in the sun? Nothing. Okay. Quick break. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 